Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome to another episode of the NBA DFS Today podcast by Sports Ethos. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined by a new member of our team, Mr. Jamie McQuarrie. I hope I'm saying that last name correctly, Jamie. I probably should have cleared that with you before we get on here. But uh, Jamie, it is a pleasure, man. We've been talking back and forth here for, I feel like, about a week now. And got to know you a little bit there. But, um, you know, obviously you're, you're new to the team, new to our listeners out there. So why don't you just tell us briefly you know, kind of your history with DFS, with the NBA uh, as a fan. I see with all that Sonics gear, so uh, talk to me, man. What's, what's your story? Yeah, so, you know, hoops has probably been my biggest passion since I was fourth, fifth grade. Um, as you can see, I got the Sonics logo on the chest. Um, so, yeah, I'm from Seattle. Um, my family's from Seattle. So that was my first love, Rain Man, Sean Kemp, most explosive duo of all time. So that kind of set the seed. Um, you know, I played a little. Um, all, all through high school, my, my growth spurt didn't, didn't hit past sophomore year, unfortunately. But, uh, but yeah, man, so I've just been – I would say, my, I was telling you before we came on, my love for, for fantasy, I've been playing for over a decade, um, kind of came out of the pain of losing your team um, because I was like, okay, I have all this information, so, like, I'm just going to go ahead and, like, distribute it in other directions. So I would say I can be a little more cold and callous because I don't have – my team isn't a factor in the things that I'm constructing, lineups and whatnot. Um, so it does help me in that in that regard. Um, but yeah, Sonics fan, Seattle sports fan through and through. Um, I'm a proud Evergreen Gooey Duck. Uh, go Gooey Ducks! Um, Evergreen State College in Olympia, Washington. Um, I'm in New Orleans right now. I'm kind of in between living in New Orleans and I got a, a I got a spot in Oregon. So, um, but yeah, just uh, I got a podcast going. It's called Projecting the Jump, um, and we focus on daily fantasy and some dynasty stuff. But uh, this is a huge opportunity for me. I'm super excited and honored to to be joining you and uh, yeah. excited about the slate, too. It's a nice little slate we have on Saturday. We do. We have a nice slate here in front of us, Jamie, and uh, thank you. Appreciate that, man. Um, uh, always great to f- meet an actual Supersonics fan, not one of those you know, <laughs> posers that's just into 90s fashion or something. So. Exactly. Thank uh, you. But, yeah, it's uh, it's awesome, man. Good uh, good, good stuff. And, you know, we're, we do have an interesting slate in front of us here, kind of a uh, split slate here. We have an early two-game slate. Uh, with Denver Nuggets and the New York Knicks facing off, and then also the Magic and the Clippers. And then we have a later six-game slate, just kind of a general confidence level for me. I'm actually way more confident about the early two-game slate, so I probably am going to ramble on more about that one, to be honest with you, uh, Jamie. But let's just dive right into it, man. So we do have a few big uh, injury news uh, you know, bits here. Kawhi Leonard is going to be out with that knee management, uh, just kind of managing that knee, uh, just load management, nothing really that serious there. Jalen Brunson questionable with a foot injury. He did practice in full, though, so that is a good right. development there. Probably on the better side of questionable there. And then we have Jalen Suggs uh, is out with the in concussion protocol, which uh, you know we can take a few things from that. Not 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 nothing nothing too crazy, but that's basically it here in the slate. Relatively healthy slate, honestly. So let's start with the Denver Nuggets and the New York Knicks. We do have a spread currently of the Denver Nuggets uh, favored by two points. Jamie, 
And we don't have a game total, at least on DraftKings just yet. I was looking there. Uh, didn't see a game total. But talk to me about this game, man. Um, you know, who's who's your top targets on, on either team here? Well, it's a good point about Brunson. I feel like whether he plays or not will have a huge effect on guys like Randall, Quickly, Barrett, how much I'm, I want to get to them, especially in a two-game slate. You're probably going to end up with one of the three. Um, the value play for me is, is MPJ. On DraftKings, he's still 5,500. Um, which impressed me. Um, he's averaging 35 TK points over his past three games. He's really stroking it. Um, so I love MPJ. I just kind of get him in there in one of those forward spots. Um, and, yeah, in general, you know, a Knicks-Nuggets game can worry me a little bit with pace of play. Um, but, uh, yeah, Brunson isn't playing, I think, uh, quickly. Still at 7,100 is still pretty good value. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, overall, MPJ is the value play. Um, and, what about what about Joker for you? Um, how much Joker are you getting to? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to Joker. Um, you know, I think the Knicks are pretty stout at the center position. You know, they got Mitchell Robinson, uh, they got Isaiah Hartenstein. So, um, yeah, I'm not exactly like thrilled to play Joker here. I think you know if you can f- somehow get to him and have the salary to get to him, I'm, there's no way I'm going to talk you out of playing Joker. Like, go for it. Um, you'll, you'll you'll beat the field. I think he's going to be pretty low owned on this slate, so that is something to consider there. Um, but yeah, I think you know you're definitely right about MPJ at 5500. That's just too too cheap for that guy. Uh, been going off this season. Um, you know, still a pretty decent matchup here against these Knicks, this Knicks team. So um, I think it's a, a definitely a good play there. I've also got Jamal Murray at 7,300. So a little bit of a pivot off that Jokic uh, play there, but he's been playing really well recently. Um, I think there's, for me, it's like, I don't buy too much in the narratives, but there is that big narrative going on right now where, you know, the Nuggets don't have a number two and they need Jamal Murray to step up. Right. And uh, he's been doing that here and there. So uh, I feel like this is an opportunity for him as well. Uh, but you did mention, you know, on the Knicks side, you know, some of those other plays, if Brunson's out. For me, I don't know if I have a ton of interest in those guys. I, I really am reticent to play guys against the Nuggets because of their pace of play. They like to slow it down and play in the half court a lot because they have Jokic and they win in the half court pretty much all the time. So uh, so there it is. But I do like Jalen Brunson at 8,100 if he does play. I think that's a really, decent, yeah, really, really decent salary there. So definitely keep your eyes on that. You know, he did practice. So I'm, I'm hoping he plays here. Fingers crossed. I do want to roster him. Uh, and the other guy that you didn't really hit on here that I do have on my list uh, is Mitchell Robinson at 4,800. This is kind of a, a little bit out of left field because it is a difficult matchup. It is Jokic. Um, but Jokic isn't a good defender. <laughs> he just isn't. I've watched centers destroy this guy over the last couple of weeks, and uh, that's a big reason that the Denver Nuggets have been on this losing streak is, um, you know, it's been kind of a, a rough uh, a rough go of that for them to defend that center position and to get rebounds, honestly, uh, which is something Joker is supposed to be the best at. He's supposed to be the best at securing those boards and getting rebounds. So, so, um, so I do like Mitchell Robinson here at 4,800 as a uh, low-owned GPP-type play. So anyone else you're iron, eyeing there? I'll quickly hit back on that. So, yeah, um, Mitchell Robinson getting down to 4,800 is a, is a bit of a gift. You know, I know he had that quote recently saying, like, <laughs> you know, I'm not here to do cardio. Um, you know, please use me. I thought that was, was funny, but – um, so yeah, that's a little concerning, but at the same time, um, in the two game slates at that value, I think it might be worth the risk just because we know, you know, you can mess around and get six blocks real quick. And then you've, you've already paid for that 4,800 on the six, you know, five, six blocks. Yeah. You got um, a shot blocker against a very high usage center. So that's another, another good angle there. So I like that call too. Um, all right, let's move on to the second game here though. Orlando magic and the late Los Angeles Clippers. We do have the Clippers favored by six and a half points here. And we do have a game total two twenty six point five. Uh, it doesn't knock my socks off that game total. That's pretty right. average. Uh, I feel like that's probably where, around where the Denver Nuggets and, and New York Knicks are going to end as well. Maybe a little lower than that. But 
Uh, all right, I'm gonna let you uh, open up here for me again, Jamie. What's uh, what you got in this game, man? Orlando and LA. I'm smashing Paul George. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, seeing that Kawhi's out, I think he has a history of, pl- of just taking it to weaker opponents. Um, when he has the team kind of running through him, he can be a real usage monster. And against the Magic in particular, he's had some huge performances over the years. Um, so I think at 8,900 on DK in this slate, I, I, Paul George will be in every lineup I build with with yeah. the slate. Um, yeah. So yeah, I love PG. Also, uh, I know Pablo Bancaro's had some struggles, but he's down to 7,100. So I feel like that that's kind of suddenly a value as well, giving you 38 DK points in this past three games. Um, so I think those two kind of jumped out to me when I was looking through the slate. Also, with Suggs out, that does give guys like Cole Anthony a little bit more of a chance to pop. Yeah. Um, so you could take a look at him. Uh, I get tempted by Bull Bull, not just because, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> in many ways, like, I'm a huge fan. Um, yeah. When I go to a game, I, I, I pay a lot of attention to Bull Bull running up the court for 18 minutes. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, with Suggs out, he gets a little bit more run. Um, so I didn't see what his salary was, probably something like 44. Maybe he messed yeah. around with some Bull Bull. But, uh, but yeah, Pablo Bancaro, Paul George, those are the places that stood out to me in, in, in that game. Well, we are uh, we are in sync, my friend, because I've got both of those guys for sure on my, on my list here. Not hard to call Paul George, obviously. No Kawhi. That's literally the guy that's going to step up there into that, you know, into that uh, vacuum that's left. Uh, so we can obviously uh, all lock that in. I don't think you, it, the question becomes, do you want to fade him or do you not? And I just think it'd be absolutely insane to fade him because I think this is just too good of a matchup. Clippers still need wins. Uh, no Kawhi. I mean, there's just too much going in our favor here that um, I'm just not going to fade that. I'm just going to take that value and just going to go ahead and run with it. And this is why I'm playing a, a 20 entry uh, uh, contest and I'm maxing out all 20 entries because I feel like the value is uh, pretty much set in stone here. I think you got the MPJ, Paul George, uh, Paul Bancaro, I think also, as you mentioned, 7,100, just a little bit too cheap for him. Should be closer to 8,000. So, um, so I think those guys are definitely all locks for me. Uh, but let me ask you this. Because this is the other guy I've got here on my list right now. I've got a lot of interest in him. I don't usually, but Russell Westbrook is 6,400. His minutes were down the last, you know, couple of games. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, where, how do we use him? You know, what, why are we not winning these games? Or, uh, you know, where is he best, a best fit on this team? But I think, you know, without Kawhi there, he probably steps into some more usage, right? You got to think so. I mean, that's the thing. So, you know, it's not first take. We're not here to discuss if it's a great fit on the Clippers. If, if you know, they should have, you know, left them be at the trade deadline. Yes, they should have. Um, but, but as far as in this situation, I think, yeah, that price in a two-game slate, um, I would be smashing Westbrook. It's a good call. I didn't jot him down. Um, but it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I don't really know if you're going to have that high of upside at that price anywhere uh, in this two-game slate. Yeah, because we know we all know he's got that triple double upside, which oh, of yeah. course with DraftKings you get that bonus, uh, and it, you know, there's nobody else in that price range that's going to oh. do that for you. So, um, so I'd say he's a really good GPP play for sure. Good call, uh, yeah. absolutely. And all right, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I feel like I also feel like um, I do want to throw out there Franz Wagner. He's a little bit underpriced as well. Uh, I feel like against this Clippers team, uh, Clippers are still seen as a pretty good defensive team, and quite frankly, all season they haven't been. They've been pretty average defensively not, not great not terrible but just average so i feel yeah. like you can lock in both uh not lock them in but you can play some franz wagner you can mess around with that a little bit uh you can definitely play some paul Boncaro. so uh that's just my two cents there but no, the, the perception on the clippers defense is a little bit higher than the actual numbers as far as building fantasy lineups 
Maybe if they played a little bit more Covington, but that's a, that's a sore subject, I guess, for a lot of people. All right, all right, <laughs> uh, all right let's talk, move on to the main six-game slate, though. We've got some injury news here, definitely, that we need to uh, key into here. Uh, before we do this, guys, I do want to mention also the DFS pass. You guys should go get it. Um, it is still $4.99 a month. It is still there available for you. We still have DFS into the playoffs. If you've never played DFS before, or it's your first season or something, Playoff DFS is a whole heck of a lot of fun. You can actually really uh, project this, these lines a lot better because people aren't sitting and thinking and stuff like that. So uh, we should have some really decent, you know, uh, calls in that one. So definitely go come with us, you know, get that DFS pass. Come chat with us in the Discord. Uh, we always, you know, up to lock, get us injury news. We definitely keep you guys updated what we're doing with our lineups and things of that nature. So want to get some more chatter up in there. Uh, so go to sportsethos.com and sign up. But the main, main six-game slate here, I'll be honest, you know, like I said, Jamie, I'm not, like, super keen to this, but here's some injury news that we do need to step up, stay on top of here. Tyrese Halliburton is out with that knee injury again. So uh, bummer for the Indiana Pacers, but they really aren't playing for anything at this point. Uh, maybe making the play in, but I really don't think they have a lot of interest in that. Chris Duarte also out with an ankle injury. So uh, that's interesting. Anthony Edwards, uh, he's officially listed as questionable, but I'm going to say he's doubtful. <laughs> I oh, was watching he's not playing. Him. He's not playing tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I, I, he, you know, he's in a boot. Um, it's an ankle injury. Uh, as my guy Mike Fiddle in, in the uh, Discord po- pointed out, ankle injuries tend to swell up. So I think it's probably – I said 1% chance he's going to sue up tomorrow. Mike Fiddle said 0%, so he outdid me on that one. So, uh, yeah, I don't think he's playing. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jordan Clarkson is questionable with a finger injury. Uh, we also have Malcolm Brogdon uh, of the Celtics, questionable with the Achilles injury, probably on the better side of questionable because uh, this is a back-to-back. He set out the first of the back-to-back, so I'm thinking he's probably going to suit up for this one, but yeah, obviously check in on that one. Kevin Horder is questionable with a knee injury. Uh, he did get an MIR, MRI on that knee injury. Not often that you see a guy get an MRI and then turn around and play you know, a day or two later, so uh, I think he's probably on the worst part of questionable as well. Uh, Trey Lyles, questionable with a shoulder injury, and we also have Kyle Lowry. Uh, questionable with a just not very good injury, <laughs> knee knee injury, an old man injury. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe they're better off without him injury. Uh, anyways, uh, I'll go ahead and start us off here. Um, let me talk about my favorite game here. My favorite game on this slate so far, because uh, I don't have a whole lot of plays here, so I'll just go ahead and lead the way. Memphis and, and Golden State. I find myself gravitating a lot towards the Memphis side here. Um, I feel like this is a really good. Uh, matchup for a lot of people on Memphis and the way that they want to play. Um, you know, I, I, and surprisingly, none of those guys for me, for people that listen to the pod, is Dylan Brooks, which for me, that's usually a guy, especially with GPPs, where I want to go ahead and grab him. And maybe you, the way you're looking, maybe you do have a money list there, and that's quick, okay. Quick pause, Keith, you're a Dylan Brooks guy. You got to... I'm not a Dylan Brooks fan. I'm a Dylan Brooks gotcha. DFS fan. <laughs> right, because you got to look at it, you know, no no feelings. Yes, just, I think he yeah. sucks, but uh, but he does score a lot of DFS points because he takes a lot of shots. He's a good shot chucker, uh, yeah. which is always good for GPP players. He's like a black hole. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, uh, but I'm not playing him on this one. I think there's there's two other many, too many other uh, Grizzlies I have interest in that uh, I just want to get in my lineups. I'm going to go with my favorite play in the entire slate right now and just go ahead and give you guys the goods right away. Uh, Luke Kennard at 3,400. Um, I was looking at the box score from today. Um, he played 29 minutes. Uh, I think maybe even more than that, but maybe even over 30. But it was an overtime game. So I think we can project him for minutes in the mid-20s. And he's only 3,400. I mean, this is only a six-game slate, Jamie. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of guys with that kind of upside. And he's going to get a lot of shots coming his way, I believe. Uh, with the Golden State Warriors team, that likes to shoot long threes, give up long rebounds, and give up transition threes because that's what they like to do. They like to get in the up-and-down court game. So... Talk me out of Luke Kennard, man. Is he a bad play? 
I don't, I'm not going to. It's so sneaky that it like, you know, kind of jumped out of my shoes a little bit. Uh, I had to consider Luke Kennard the duck. Um, but yeah, with the three point bonus too, I think what you get a half a point per three DraftKings scoring settings, he could stroke six triples tomorrow right there. Um, so yeah, I, I had not thought of him. I actually identified on the other side, Jonathan Kaminga at 5,100. Dream on out is, is a, and you know, I think Kaminga gets a lot of hype on days like this and sometimes a little too much. Um, his ownership, his roster ship percentages are going to be higher than Kennard, and he costs more. So I think you've talked me a little bit out of my Kaminga. I still think he's a good value at 5,100, uh, putting up 14, uh, four, and two, and three assists, um, which are out of the lineup this season. Um, but the game's in Memphis, and uh, Golden State's been horrible on the road. So you want to look for some of the guys, like, if it gets out of hand, like who's going to soak up some of those minutes? You're going to see a lot of Kaminga. Uh, I expect Memphis to, uh, you know, to continue the trend of Golden State not showing up on the road. Um, and so I think you want to look for maybe a guy who's, like I said, going to get get some of the scoring as the game gets out of hand. So I, I like Kennard. That's that's a good call. Uh, but yeah, Kaminga at 5100. I think um, you know you, you could get something like 35 drafting points out of him. I should have asked you uh, if, if you knew anything that I didn't know when they, I did the injuries. Because if for whatever reason, Draymond Green's not listed as out on DraftKings, but you're totally right. He's going to miss this one because of that technical foul situation, which I totally forgot about. So right, good call there. Cool. Yeah, good call there. They were uh, they were hoping they'd rescind that technical, but they did not. So probably looking at no Draymond here. So, yeah, Kaminga's probably a good play as well. So I like that a lot. Um, so some other you know, Grizzlies. I'm, I'm all over the Grizzlies side of the ball. My second favorite Grizzly uh, to play here is actually – Another sneaky play, I think, I feel like, but Xavier Tillman at 5,400. Um, you know, still no Steven Adams. He's going to be playing at least, uh, you know, 20, 25 minutes at the center position. We all know the Golden State Warriors struggle against the center position. They just, I mean, Kevon Looney's great. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but he's also, what, 6'9", I think. So he's just not not exactly the most intimidating guy uh, to go up against at the center position. So I'm looking for Tillman to have a good game. Uh, last game, I believe it was, uh, he had a decent one, even though he hit foul trouble. But, you know, it, this one, he's not going to get foul trouble. I mean, no one's going to really be attacking the rim like that uh, on the Warriors. They're going to be shooting from the outside. Or if they do get shots at the rim, it's going to be on, like, backdoor cuts where it's wide open. So um, I, I like for him to stay on the floor. That's kind of the biggest thing for Tillman for me. So I do like him here as well. Um, any other Grizzlies or you said you were on the Warriors more so? Uh, Warriors even that you like uh, in this uh, matchup here. The challenge for me at getting to Tillman is, you know, it's 5,400, which is a decent value, but he's, he's only center eligible. Right. There's just other play, plays I'm going to want to get to. Like, for instance, I brought and the JJJ, you can get power forward. You can stick Tillman and him there, but I'd probably rather step, step it up to 77 and play JJJ. He's really been flashing that ceiling again recently. Mm-hmm. Um, the points are way up. You know, the blocks are still coming. Um, so I, I think I'll be getting to a decent amount of JJJ in that spot. Um, so that kind of jumped out to me. And then, yeah, Kaminga and Tillman are just right in the same range. 5,100 for Kaminga, 54 for Tillman. I would probably lean Kaminga there. Um, uh, if I had to, had to break the tie there and save the 300, keep hunting. Um, but, yeah, like, uh, yeah. That's a fair point. No, it's a, it's a good uh, good to compare, obviously, uh, salaries, and that's a, that's a fair point, obviously, if you can maybe save $300 there and spend it somewhere else and, and spend this on a guy that you really want. Um, then there you go. Uh, all right, man, so I called a game here. Let me have you uh, lead us uh, to the next game. What's your uh, what's your favorite game on the slate? Surprisingly, I think I'm going to have to go with uh, with the, the Halliburtonless Pacers against those Sixers uh, okay. for a num- number of reasons. Um Number one reason is we got to start with the big guy with uh, I think that maybe the MVP front runner at this point narrative yeah. street corner there. Um, 
But yeah, Embiid against Indiana, the Pacers just get bulldozed by centers. I mean, it is just it's it's ridiculous. Um, so you know, eleven thousand four hundred, it's the highest on the slate. But I just feel like um, obviously in cash, you just you gotta lock him in. Um, yeah. You know, but uh, GPP, it's like you know maybe you can get cute and get around him. But I don't know. I kind of like building around him, playing the Pacers. Um, they're trying, they're still trying to win games. Um, so, so I like him. Then also with Howie out, there's a couple of sneaky plays. So I think fairly popular in the DFS world. TJ McConnell, he's still at 61. Um, you know, I love the fact that when Howie's out, his minutes go from 17.7 to 29.4. He could be the best value on the slate when you look at what you paid versus what you get. Um, I'm sure his ownership will be fairly high though. Yeah. Um, Andrew Nemhart, his uh, ownership's not going to be quite as high. He is 6,400. Um, so I think he's going to be soaking up some of that usage, dropping dimes. It's not an awesome matchup for for point guards. The Sixers can be a little, little smothering, um, but I think they'll get theirs. So I, I kind of like that. You know, get him beat in there. Definitely play McConnell or Nimhart. You know, you can play them both, honestly. Um, but yeah, I, I got TJ McConnell is my value play of the day tomorrow. I was actually looking at the spread here, and uh, it's actually six and a half points in favor of the Sixers. For me, I, I just kind of look at this on paper, and I'm like, you know what? The Pacers seem to be kind of conceding that they're just not going to make the playoffs, and the Sixers are just kind of trying out there to try to prove to everybody, hey, we are actually title contenders. So yes, so when I just kind of, yeah, just when I just kind of looked at it, I was just kind of like, yeah, this is probably a blowout. So I I cool. didn't actually have a whole lot of interest in it, um, but you you do make some good points there. I think you know obviously Embiid, um, another guy just like Jokic, I can never tell you you know don't play that guy because obviously he's incredible and yeah definitely uh, one of the top front runners MVP race. I think you know, for me it's still it's still Jokic, but uh, you know it, 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 it's it's up to preference at this point. I feel like I think they're both incredible basketball players. So, uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, I think for me you know I was kind of projecting this as as a blowout. So for me, I had one guy here that I was really interested in, and it was on the Philadelphia side. They just, I just kind of saw the price and it kind of was like, oh, this is really interesting. But it's uh, DeAnthony Melton at forty two hundred. Uh, I just feel like you know. If it turns into that blowout and maybe James Harden gets to sit that fourth quarter like he did tonight, um, you know he's going to get uh, he's going to get some decent run and he's going to hit some threes. I think he's going to you know, get some steals and blocks. I mean, um, just a guy that has pretty high upside there at a really really low price. So that was really the only guy I had marked in this game. But I think your calls are obviously good as well. Uh, if you guys are projecting this to be a closer matchup, which it very well could be, I have no crystal ball, so I don't know that for a fact. The line being six and a half is a little wild. And it being the second night of a back-to-back for the Sixers is concerning as far as they might want to come out, just drop the hammer and get their guys some rest. It could happen. I mean, you know, again, no crystal ball, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Let me just take it over since I am wearing the hat, and I already talked about your fandom. (laughs) I am a Bulls fan. Quite obviously, you guys all picked up on that. The campaign Twitter picture. (laughs) Yeah, you guys guys all know this about me. Uh, But we do have the Chicago Bulls and the Miami Heat. Kind of an interesting matchup here. I'm not going to say I'm super duper interested in this game for DFS purposes. The Bulls just went to double overtime uh, against the Bulls, which they really shouldn't have, but that's what happened. (laughs) And the uh, the Heat are uh, notorious for keeping you know keeping games kind of grimy, right, and getting them into kind of knockdown, drag out type slugfest. So, uh, but I do feel like there's a lot of um, uh, this is a good game to target in GPPs because of that reason, because a lot of people won't be targeting this game. Mm-hmm. And it's also a good game uh, with at least one good cash play, in my opinion. I think DeMar DeRozan at 8,300 is a good cash play. I don't feel like you're going to get a crazy high ceiling out of him in this matchup. I feel like the, total, the game total, I don't know if we have one yet, but it's probably going to be pretty darn low. Um, 218.5. Okay. Point. So, yeah, it's a it's 
yeah, that's the lowest one I think on the entire slate. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so far at least. So I think you know uh, it's definitely going to be a uh, a game that has the least ownership uh, out there for GPPs. So that's something to to look at. But uh, but for cash again, I think DeRozan, eighty three hundred. I mean, he's just looked more like himself um, in the last you know week or so. And you know that he had the hamstring groin injury type deal uh, where it's just like it just takes a while for that to to heal up. And now. Uh, he's back to that level where, you know, he was in the MVP conversation last season, and I never thought he was actually going to be MVP, but uh, he was in the conversation. And I think, you know, that's just kind of level he's playing at again. So uh, they get the man to heat. It's a tough defensive team. They're, typically when the Bulls uh, come up against a team like that, they do tend to revert to uh, some one-on-one basketball with DeRozan or Levine. So I think either of those guys are viable, but with DeRozan being a little cheaper, I think that he's probably a cash play for me if you got the cash for him. Uh, for GVPs, I'm going to throw one guy out there that's not that shocking, really. I've been talking about him quite a bit here on the pod, but Alex Caruso at 3,400. Another guy that strikes me as a knockdown, drag it out, uh, you know, I'm going to get on the floor and win this loose ball type of win. You know, this, that's how I'm going to win the game. This is a guy I want on my team. So uh, Caruso at 3,400, if he gets, you know, 29, 30, 31 minutes, uh, and he hits his threes. That's really all we're looking for here. He hits those threes. You're you're really cooking with gas because he can get upwards of, of 30, 32, you know, 33 DK points for you. Uh, and at 3,400, that's absolute cold. So um, that's a guy I'd look at in GPPs for sure. Anyone in this game strike you fancy? Yeah, I'd probably rather uh, go ahead and roll the dice on Pat Williams, uh, his his salary. Um, I didn't write it. I think I was. I think it was. Uh, I have it here. It's 3,900. 39. Yep. Yep. So it's compared to like Grant Williams at the same salary. Um, I think he comes with a lot more upside. Um, so yeah, I like where he's hanging around. And then as a Bulls fan, I have to ask you, um, are you a revenge narrative guy? Do you think that's totally overblown or do you think it's pretty overblown? Yeah. (laughs) As I'm not either, but, uh, you would probably know it better than me, but I feel like Jimmy buckets might be, um, and he does like to beat the Bulls. He really does. <laughs> in 11 games against the Bulls, uh, he is averaging 24.5, 7.7, 7.6, and three steals. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, 8,500, it's a pretty penny. Um, right around the same uh, range as Beal, who I love and still think is incredibly undervalued. Um, but, but yeah, I think I'll get to a little bit of Jimmy uh, and GPP. Sounds good, man. Yeah, I, I can't I can't argue against that. And uh, this is an important game for both these teams. So, you know, I think the Stars are a pretty good way to go, especially in cash games. Uh, because these teams are going to be playing it uh, pretty, you know, pretty intensely as long as it stays closed. So, uh, all right, man. So I called um, uh, Bulls Miami. Who, who do you got? You know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and hop into a game that unfortunately um, is going to have some plays based on injury, um, which personally affects one of my fantasy playoff matchups. Not that anyone cares about that, but uh, but the Raptors Timberwolves I think has got some interesting stuff going on. Um, I can't believe that Kyle Anderson is still 7100. Uh, he's been smashing um, 46.2 DK points in his past three games, uh, just throwing up triple doubles on the reg. Um, and if you have no Edwards tomorrow, you know, you would think things are going to kind of run through him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, his salary has risen from 58 just a few days ago to 71, but I think he's still worth it. Um, so he jumps out to me. Um, I really like I don't have this written down, but I just really like the way Scotty Barnes has been playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been getting a good amount of Barnes. I've had him in some some parlays, um, yeah. and, and he's he's really been pr- producing. And OG Ananobi is still pretty dirt cheap, and he's kind of showing signs of life 
back to you know, back to the player that he was earlier in the season. Steals are back. He's scoring at a higher clip. Um, so I think OG Ananobi, I don't have that in front of me, but his salary the other day was CC three hundred. I think is oh in front of you the other day, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he's still a value. I take a look at him. Um, but Kyle Anderson, I feel like is a lock for me. I'm just gonna have him locked in. Yeah, I think um, you know watching the the Wolves without uh, Anthony Edwards for three quarters tonight, um, it was a lot of a lot of slow mo, a lot of Kyle Anderson. And also a lot of uh, Jalen McDaniels, or Jaden McDaniels, sorry, uh, the other McDaniels. But yeah, th- those two guys really carried the offense for the uh, for the T-Wolves. The one thing that concerns me about those two guys, um, which I think that they're going to be pretty highly owned, so that's one thing that definitely uh, makes me go like, hmm, maybe I could fade them and, and beat the field that way. Uh, obviously, this is GPP mindset mostly, so so don't mind me if you're playing a lot of cash. But, uh, but yeah, that, that kind of got me thinking like, man... They're going to be highly owned. They just played a double overtime where they lost, and they're playing against the Toronto Raptors, which is uh, maybe the toughest defensive team out there in the NBA. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, I think in, in certain situations they definitely can be. So that's the only thing that gives me pause about those guys. But I think you're absolutely right that you know, on paper, they, they look great. Um, the one guy I will throw out in the Wolves that you didn't that you didn't mention. Uh, they had a pretty hefty offensive uh, role tonight. Is Nikhil Alexander Walker at thirty six hundred? Yeah. yeah, he um, again just a score. They're going to need yeah. that, especially against the Raptors. If they want to keep this close, he's going to have to have uh, a really decent game in like twenty to twenty five minutes off the bench. And uh, you know, thirty six hundred. You're not hoping for you know a fifty burger. It's, just, it's probably not going to yeah. happen. Uh, is it possible? Probably not. Uh, but you know, maybe he hits thirty thirty five. Again, you're really clicking there at that 3600 price tag. So that's another guy I'll throw out there on the Wolves. Uh, but yeah, the Raptors, you already mentioned Scotty Barnes. Uh, I love him uh, in this matchup here. I think my favorite GPP play that's like a spend up on this entire slate, though, is actually Fred Van Vliet at 8800 Oh, let's get it. Yeah, I think, I uh, yeah. <laughs> you probably don't know this about me, Jamie, but uh, I actually lived in Wichita for three years, I think it was. So uh, and that was just recently. So uh, it, had, it had to kind of be a Fred Van Vliet fan with uh, being so close to Wichita State. So <laughs> I would like to hear I would like to hear a good reason to not be a Fred Van Vliet fan, unless if it's oh, specific to something's done to your team. Like awesome. I love how he I love how he ripped into I think it was Ben Taylor was the was the ref's name oh man that was uh, that was glorious <laughs> that was beautiful. that was that was glorious but uh, <laughs> but no, I love him here I think it's a good matchup here uh, you know again the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, going to be up and down fast paced game no. you're going to try to draw uh, Rudy Gobert out of the paint uh, shooting some threes and stuff like that so um, I feel like it's going to be a, a good matchup here for Fred Van Vliet so he's probably my top spend up like uh, for G- so. Um, let me uh, – oh, anybody else on Toronto or, or Minnesota you uh, you liked but we didn't mention yet? No, I wanted to tell you, Alexander Walker, I hadn't crossed my mind yet, and that's a great call. He's he's a member of what I call the um, Kelly Oubre All-Stars, which is somebody, <laughs> if you want them to masquerade as a go-to scorer and just, like, get you through some, get you through a game or if you're trying to lose games, yeah. it's just a player that's happy to take all the shots and act the part, but they're not the part, and he's the fir- first team all Oubre All-Star, <laughs> the Alexander Walker. I was big on Anna, uh when he Me came too, out. Me too, when he came yeah. out. I got a bunch of rookie cards sitting in the yeah. yeah so. <laughs> Thought he'd be pretty good. He's uh, He's been pretty pretty mediocre, but it, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, let's take it over here. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Washington and Sacramento. So uh, you already mentioned Bradley Beal. Uh, I'll let you handle that one. But for me, I actually, I think my top play on the uh, Washington side is Porzingis at 8,900. I think, you know, I'm spending on the elite, so I'm probably not going to have a lot of Porzingis, but – uh, if I want to have a guy in Washington, I think that's probably my favorite guy. Uh, Kings just struggle to stop people at the rim. Uh, he can just shoot over anybody. Devonta Sabonis really isn't going to contest his jumpers. It's just not going to happen. Uh, just not just who who Sabonis is. <laughs> so uh, I think Porzingis has a really decent, uh, you know, 
uh, matchup here. I think it's a really, really um, a nice, nice price tag, 8900. I mean, I feel like it should probably be in the 9000s at the very least, the way he's been playing recently. So uh, that's kind of my guy in Washington. But talk me into Bradley Beal. Why should I go Beal instead? You should not. You should go <laughs> Sabonis over Beal. <laughs> especially yeah, okay. especially yeah. when considering the matchup and, and yeah. the style of play exactly. Like, uh, Porzingis isn't going to be chasing Sabonis around. He's just trying to shoot threes and, you know, jog gingerly up the court so he can get ready to shoot another after the, the possession. So um, the Kings have played three games in four nights. That's a little bit of a concern. They're looking a little gassed at times. Uh, I know Fox... Um, Chicago against the bowl against your bowls that, that dagger he hit um, looked great but uh, he, the next night he kind of he, he looked a little winded um, so yeah I, I just have to keep that in mind with the with the Kings I don't know if it's affected the bonus as much but yeah be a lady 600 um, in this sort of up and down matchup um, you know I think he he tends to cook in the games that he should he put up a 60 burger um, against Detroit and then 56. These are DK points against the Timberwolves. Um, so I like Beal in shootouts when maybe the team's a little bit gassed. I don't know. You know, Herder's probably not going to play. So if you got Monk out there chasing him, he's not really known for his perimeter defense. I, it just seems like the sort of game where Beal's going to go off. A lot of rest, you know, a lot of uh, recipes, uh, a lot of ingredients for uh, a Beal, Beal to cook. Yeah, I like it, man. I- I like that call, uh, definitely. I think you mentioned, though, for me, that my favorite Kings uh, target there, you already mentioned just now, is Malik Monk at 4,700. Uh, like you said, no no Kevin Werder. He should be relatively safe as far as the minutes go. Um, with Monk, of course, it's always about, you know, is that shot falling or is it not? He's going to take it in volume. Uh, again, this is a GPP player talking to you, so take that with a grain of salt. I probably would not mess with him in cash games. Uh, but, you know, if I had, I guess maybe if I had the salary there, I might, because he is going to get a little bit of an increased opportunity here. And as you mentioned, third game in four nights, I mean, uh, it's going to be up to their bench a little bit more. You know, maybe they do uh, sit the starters a little early here because they're a little gassed, and that, that could very well happen. So uh, I think Monk at 4,700 is probably my top Kings play, so I'll take that for what it's worth. I actually had Monk in my bargain basement section as well. So there you go. Um, on the same wave, like, can I ask you a quick uh, strategy question? I might, yeah. Maybe there's a listener who um, doesn't know or kind of wants to process that. So when you say GPP versus cash, obviously we're talking big tournaments versus like these 50-50 games. So somebody like Monk, you wouldn't want to use them in, in a GPP game because they're just kind of erratic. Um, or you would in, in, in a GPP game because the ceiling is high, but in a cash game, because it's Malik Monk, you're like, okay, I can find somebody safer at the same price range. Is that the philosophy there? Generally speaking, yeah. I feel like, I feel like you can get you can really run away with that though. Um, I feel like you know right. you can really. It's it's more of a generalization than like a, a hard and fast rule. Because gotcha. even if a guy has a low ceiling, a low floor, um, and a really decent ceiling, um, sometimes even at their price point, they're not going to hurt you just based on it's it's all about like you know comparative pricing. You know, if if he's forty seven hundred. But you know, there's several other 4,700 players that are safer that are guaranteed to get you 20 points, and yeah, you go with those guys. But hey, if I'm honestly here, which I'm looking at, I'm looking at the guys that I've got on my, you know, docket here. I've got maybe three guys that are under 4,700, so you know, it's not a, a huge pool of guys um, that I'm interested in uh, at, at that price price range or lower. So uh, for me, if I'm playing cash, I still wouldn't mind playing him, to be honest. So it's a good question. Good question. Appreciate the um, response, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So let's talk last game here. I don't. I believe this is the last game we haven't touched on here. Uh, Celtics and Utah Jazz. Let me hear your take, uh, Jamie. Who are you taking here? Well, a little bit of a blowout alert on this one uh, when you're looking at some of the price tags on the big dogs, just like you were saying with uh, Philly and Indiana. Um, Jalen Brown's playing out of his gourd right now. 
um, scoring the ball. Uh, his price tag um, was at 93 on DK. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Jazz defense, they are very generous to wings, especially shooting guards. According to hashtag basketball, which is uh, something I use a lot to look up sets, over the past two weeks, they have given up the most fantasy points to shooting guards. Um, so I like Jalen Brown at 93. You hope the game can stay close enough. Um, Jazz, again, like the Pacers, I think, early on, it was like, oh, we're, we're a cute story. Like, we're, we're hanging around the play-in. And then when things got real, they're like, we want no part of this. Um, so the Jazz, again, are a little bit of a blowout alert. But, but yeah, I, I do like Jalen Brown a little bit there. Um, I didn't really dive into what's going on with the Jazz backcourt. I know that um, got Sexton still out. And, you know, Chris, Chris Dunn's been a great value. Um, so maybe a little bit of Chris Dunn, um, but, uh, and then Taylor Horton Tucker has been a revelation. Mm. He's the sort of player where every time, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to fall for this. Let's, let's do this. I pick him up and like in a season long league and he just turns back into a turd. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going <laughs> to so, happen again. I can dig right. it. I'm, I'm, I was on him for a while there, but I'm off him now. I just feel like that's going to happen again, especially against a good defensive team like the Boston Celtics. Um, I just don't. I feel like no value on Utah is, is safe. I think he can roll dice oh. a little bit there, and, uh, and I think Chris Dunn at 5300, like you said, it's a, right. decent. Um, you know, you can look at other guys. Um, I mean, I'm just looking up down the roster. I'm like, who even are half these guys? But um, <laughs> yeah, with no possibly no Clarkson, and definitely no Sexton. I think you know, definitely the, some of the backcourt guys there. Uh, you can look at and just roll the dice, but it is a really tough defensive matchup. I think this is um, definitely right for a blowout. So here's what I'll say about this game. I'll say if you're scripting this for a blowout, I think my favorite uh, target the whole game here is Derek White at 5,500. Uh, I think main reason for that for me is that he's been uh, not so good the last two games, put up really, really crappy lines. So I think a lot of people are going to be off of him and more people will be on like guys like Brogdon, which may be quote-unquote safer. I really feel like, though, for me, when you're talking about the backcourt, uh, in uh, in Boston, I don't feel like it, that's really how it works. I think it's like kind of like a you go I go type thing. Like it's not like you know one guy is so safer than the other. It's like either Rogan's going off or Derek White's going off or once in a while Marcus Smart's going off, right? So um, so I feel like that's kind of like uh, a misconception is that you know oh well Derek White you know obviously Brogdon's the guy because he's a six man of the year mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. but I feel like Derek White at 5500 just because of that price point uh, is a little bit more appealing to me if you're if you're scripting this for a blowout if you're scripting this to be a close game I actually do like some Jason Tatum at 10 uh, 7 I feel like that's a little cheap I mean he's definitely worth you know we've got uh, Embiid up at 11 4 uh, you know I think he's definitely worth that amount you know in the 11,000s so he's a little bit cheaper. Uh, so that's one of, one of the main reasons I think a lot of people are, are going to have and gravitate towards, uh, you know, that that top guy. So I feel like he's going to be under-owned. So, yes. yeah, so again, you know, maybe more of a GPP play, maybe. But for me, I think he is definitely uh, on my list of guys that, that I'm interested in here, uh, just from that from that ownership standpoint. But anyone, any other thoughts on this game here, man? We're kind of on the same page. I t- I've tinkered with some Tatum and some lineups for tomorrow. I'm not sure if I'm going to end up locking them in. Um, but yeah, I like the idea that people are going to be off. I'm concerned about the blowout, uh, and be, you know, the same, there's a blowout potential as well. Save a little bit of money on that. But, um, yeah, I would probably go, I would go, I would roll Jalen Brown in that matchup. Um, yeah. if you're going to go for one of the big dogs. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he's been on, he's been on fire recently. So, uh, all right. Thrive Fantasy, if you guys aren't thriving, get thriving with us. ThriveFantasy.com. Uh, go there, enter promo code ETHOS. You're going to get your first deposit match to, uh, up to 250 bucks, And you're going to enter these player pops. You're going to win some money. Um, there's only 10 of them, which kind of surprised me. It's, uh, they always do this. It's an eight-game slate. 
uh, but they only did 10 props for their for their contest, so I don't know why. Usually I do 20, but uh, it is what it is. We only have to pick five of them. I've only got one that I'm really interested in, though, uh, Jamie, and for me, that's going to be Darren Fox over 7.5 rebounds okay. assists. Okay. Uh, it's only a 70-point play. It's, I think, the cheapest or the lowest one on the entire slate, but it's pretty much a lock for me, I think. Uh, you know, even if they have tired legs, uh, they're playing Washington. Uh, I always like to target Washington at the point guard position because they just they don't have a starting point guard. They've got Monty Morris and, and DeLon Wright kind of in a, a timeshare at the point guard position, which doesn't really inspire, honestly. So uh, I just feel like it's going to be a, a decent uh, Deer and Fox game. And so I want the over here on, the, on his rebounds and assists. But did you have any plays from uh, Thrive that you liked, man? Yeah, I would personally rather go James Harden over 7.5 assists. I think that's just a little bit more of a lock. Uh, you, if you're running through game logs, you're going to see a lot uh, less Harden games under eight assists than Fox games. So I would I would lean Harden there. I'm a huge Fox fan, um, so follow him very closely. Uh, his assists can can kind of drift a little bit. The game against the Bulls, he had three or four at most. Because he was just looking for a shot. So it's a good call, but I would lean hard in there. Um, and then my ceiling play, which is uh, 115 on, on the over there, is uh, is Jimmy Buckets. Uh, 29.5 combined points and assists. Again, I'm going to go ahead and sell myself a little bit of narrative street on this one. Um, because I do like watching Jimmy play the Bulls. He's, you know, he's a spiteful man. He's a proud man. Um, and I, I can see him getting there. He is. He does like to take it to my bulls, but um, it is what it is. I like it, man. I uh, love it a lot. So you guys go lock those Thrive plays in. Get some wins. Holler at us on Twitter. Let us know. Speaking of Twitter, that's it. That's our show, guys. And you can follow me there on Twitter at, at BSBP Keith And Jamie, where can people find you and all your work, man? I appreciate that. Um, so the first thing is uh, if you want to check out the Projecting the Jump podcast, you can get that anywhere uh, you find your podcast. Any major podcast uh, spots and then you can find me at twitter um uh my name is flying j on twitter and my handle is something that i would have to spell out because i forget because i made it when i was like 19 years old um <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah just uh look for the projecting the jump pod um and you can interact with me there my name is flying j Fair enough, yeah. At, at Flying J, just go go find Flying J, I should say, on Twitter, uh, and you'll find my guy or or, um, or his podcast. So, absolutely, thank you, uh, Jamie, for joining us. I hope uh, you know we do many more, many many more of these things on Fridays to cover these Saturday slates. It's been fun, man. Uh, but until next time, guys, go out there, lock in these plays, and go get that money. Let's do it. Get it. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.